is that expedience factor, right? We we path of least resistance. That is a bad practice. This is why it's important for kids and for ourselves sometimes to practice doing hard things. Unleashing your best in life and work. This is the Game Changers with Eric Bowles and host Dale Dixon. Are you willing to embrace the short-term pain for long-term gain? Welcome to the Game Changers with Eric Bowles. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, and we're diving into this idea that once we have clarity, it's time to do the hard work, and sometimes that hard work is going to be really painful in the short term to get those long-term gains. So Eric, great to see you again today. Great seeing you, my friend. And, uh, and let's just, this, this whole concept I think is, is so important for us because we've spent so many episodes talking about clarity and making sure teams are clear. And once we have the clarity, then the hard work begins to make those big changes in our business, in our lives, wherever we want those changes. And as you were setting this up for me, I thought of that phrase that we as human beings don't want to change because until the pain of the status quo exceeds the pain of change. That's right. That's right. I I remember uh, years ago when I was uh, doing some work in, um, in Hawaii at Hickam Air Force Base. And I heard this from Colonel McClain. It's a pretty common story. I might even shared it before, but he talks about the story of the, the old farmer and the dog and gentleman walks up to the old farmer and he's looking at the dog. The dog happens to be laying on a old nail, like a nail going up through the, one of the planks there on the, on the, on the porch. And the guy looks at the old farmer and he goes, sir, why is the old dog laying on the nail? And the farmer quietly looks over and says, well, clearly the nail's not sharp enough. (laughs) 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 And rarely do we change until the pain is great enough. Right. I like, you know, we, we, we adapt to it. We get used to it. But it's also true for a lot of the goals we go after, the things we aspire to. Uh, we have these great and uh, ambitious goals, or like we we've been talking about, Dale, working really hard to create as much clarity around a goal or design what we like the future to look like, and we define it and we try to do our best to measure it, and that's what clarity does. Uh, the challenge, though, is when you do that, it also begins to reveal where you're at like the gap between where you are and where you want to go. And usually closing that gap requires work, closing that gap. And and we have to be honest about it. Like, and keep this in mind, you you know, for the audience, look, I'm I'm, not only do I consult and all that, but you know, an executive coach, but I do a lot of keynote speaks speeches, right? I do a lot of keynote speaking all over the world. No one wants to hear it's hard work, right? Like we're all, <laughs> I want to be motivated, inspired, but when I'm motivating and inspiring you to do more than anything is to keep going. I'm not motivating and inspiring you just to get started or just to tell you it's going to be easy. No, really what we're getting equipped to to, uh, to do is to keep going. And so when we talk about short-term pain, long-term gain, there will be short-term pain. It comes along with it. Like it's going to be painful. And however we define pain, and we can lean a little more into that as we get going, but the pain will hit us. And if we can go through it, not avoid it, man, we can get to the other side. 
I hear you saying embrace the reality because uh, I think yes. a lot of people are hearing this topic and they're saying, okay, you're talking about embracing the suck. <laughs> this is not going to be fun. <laughs> before, before we do this, we need to embrace the reality. And, and this is something I know I do to myself often. It's not going to be that bad. You know, if, if it's, if it's getting up at 4.45 in the morning and getting my rear end into the gym uh, yeah. the night before, you're thinking, ah, oh, that won't be that bad. And then when you're in it, oh, for me, it's 4.45. It's not that much fun. For some people, it might be. But uh, so there's this anticipation of it's not going to be that bad. And then you get yeah. into it and it really is. So let's talk, let's talk about reality setting. Yes. So reality setting, and this is why I use the term, we got to define and measure, right? We got to define and measure, be honest about the reality. Like, cause it is, it, it's so inspiring to think about the ideal. It's so inspiring to think about, Oh, being in great shape and you're watching videos and you're seeing people and the commitment and like, boom. But when the alarm clock actually goes off at four forty-five. Like when, when it's dark outside and cold and you got to leave your bed to go through it. I mean, that's part of the journey. Now, here's the thing. This is why I say often, I said, it's not, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, 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 I form goals, but it's not, I don't reach the goal because I have a goal. I reach the goal because there's habits that are created on the journey towards the goal. And those habits are always created through discipline. Like it's the, it's the, it's the one word we know, do not like, I mean, I'm just being off whatever, man, it, it is, it's, it's discipline. So, you know, I, I get asked sometimes because of my, how I consistently exercise. And somebody said to me, there's like, man, you're so disciplined. I said, I'm not, uh, uh, this is not, I'm not a creature of discipline. I'm a creature of habit, right? But I had to use discipline for a period of time in this area until it became a habit. Now there's plenty of other areas where clearly I'm not a person of discipline because I would have had those areas fixed as well, but I have not. Right. And now I'm suffering the consequences of not having habits in those areas. I stop and start, but I don't keep it going. And so looking at the reality in its face, what is, what's the price we're going to pay? What, what do I have to pay to, uh, uh, from a discipline perspective, to reach what I want. This is why uh, I'll say it this way: for almost every leader, for all the leaders I work with, and, you know, and those who I coach, and we're all leaders to various degrees, in spite of the titles. But this is why perspective for a leader is so important, especially long-term perspective. Because a long-term perspective for a leader, it will give them the opportunity to make sometimes painful decisions understanding that that pain is only for a season in order to get to where you want to go. But if you don't go, if you don't make that decision, I, I think Brian Tracy, Tracy said it best. He, he called it this way. He says, um, people prefer, uh, he goes, instead of pleasing results, they want pleasing methods, right? Like uh, instead of getting the result that really pleases you, you want to use a method that pleases you, but that method will never get you to the result that you're actually going after. And so Having honest conversations, like not tiptoeing around it, not pretending this is going to be work. This is going to be hard. And the only challenge is if the nail's not sharp enough, if staying status quo isn't painful enough, it really takes some digging deep uh, to, 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 to embrace that, especially when you don't feel like you have to, if that makes any sense. 
Absolutely. So it's, it's another piece of it could be future casting and saying, what is the world we want to create in, in our personal life, in our business and say, are we willing to pay the price to get there and work backward from start with the end in mind? Yeah. And so Dale, that's why when, uh, often I believe just, it's, 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 there's a systematic, uh, process to this, but, but beginning with the end in mind, beginning with the ideal, but beginning with the goal that you want, beginning with what your actual desire is, is so critical. And you want to be as clear as possible to that, because the clearer I am, now it doesn't seem like just something I want. It feels like something that's mine. So now when I have to embrace the tough work, I'm working from my goal. I'm not just working for my goal. Now, it's a small thing, but it's huge. Even in our playing days, our coaches were great of like, guys, they're grunt. I mean, off-season workouts aren't fun, man. They suck. They, they, they coaches deliberately do them at 6 a.m. in the morning. And, and, and keep in mind, we get none of the payoff until the season starts, which might be six months away. So we have to literally think about where it's going to, how it's going to help us later. How it's gonna, by embracing a grind now that is delayed. Now we all know the greatest sign of maturity for anybody to be successful in any area is the ability to delay gratification. That means I will sometimes have to experience pain without the payoff for a period of time. Knowing that if I do the hard things now, life will become easy. But if I try to do the easy things now, life is going to be hard. And so many people are in in situations that are hard right now because of that. So I'm going to rewind back to a statement you made, working from my goal, not toward the goal. Did I? Yeah, I said it's, it's better for us to function. We want to think, function, process from our goals, not just to our goals. Everybody's working to get to your goal. No, it's far more powerful to work from your goal. It keeps perspective in mind. So give us an example of what that looks like. Okay, I'm going to give you in two ways. I give one from a from a leadership perspective or a leader's perspective, and then I give one even in a personal uh, situation. In a in a in a leader's perspective, it's like let's say I'm developing and leading the individuals who are on my team, and where there's a goal we want to get to, but also the goal we want to get to. One of my goals is bringing out the best in them, developing them for the next level. If I keep in mind what I want. Uh, for them, what I want from them, what I, the goal I want them to reach, it even influences how I coach them. So the way that I'm coaching, I won't make a big deal of something like, for instance, they may make a decision that might go sideways, or they may, may make a presentation and make a mistake. If I don't keep in mind what I'm trying to develop in them, then there's a chance they're about to have a chance for a presentation because I don't think they do it perfectly. Guess what I do? I take it back. And then I, we missed that opportunity because I didn't keep the longer term perspective in mind, which is their growth, their development, which is also best for the organization. I see it all the time. When a leader keeps perspective in mind, their decisions change. There's a bunch of leaders I, I work with now. It was like, well, I really want to develop my people. Well, if that was serious, you would have your people with you right now. Why aren't they sitting shotgun? Why aren't you putting them in this position? Why are you still caring? Delegation isn't just to get work off your plate. Delegation is for the purpose of development. But that will require 
short-term pain, which means there's a chance they may not do it the way I would. There's a chance they don't do it right. There's a chance I may have to be a little more involved in terms of the correction process. But the long-term gain, you can't even measure at some point you are going to be able to spend far more time on high leverage activities because of the uh, of the capability of the people you lead has just come up. On a secondary, every one of us who are parents, this is also important because we have to have a long-term perspective. You know, I find this in coaching sometimes with athletes, young athletes. Um, but but when I tell parents all the time, I was like, hey, it is very important that, you know, you're watching your kid perform in athletic and do it forever. You see this, you see that. Remember, Long-term perspective is creating character traits that will survive whatever moment they're in. But if we make a moment, if we don't use these moments that may require some short-term pain in our kids, right? But it creates long-term gain. I remember when my daughters used to miss lunch. Uh, they have to get their lunch at home. And if, if, when mom wasn't home, they would call me, you know, and they're like, dad, can you bring me my lunch? And I would always ask the question, uh, no. And they go, well, or, and then I, I, I give them the answer. I say, no. And they go, why? I said, because I'm trying to figure out what you forgetting your lunch has to do with me. Right. <laughs> right? And, you know, and, and we say it in a joke, joking way, but then I was like, but I really believe you won't starve. I really, really believe you'll be okay. It, when I think long-term, I think this day you may not even remember long-term that, you know, they're like fifth grade, fourth grade. All of a sudden, the next day, you know, for the rest of the year, they never forgot their lunch again. Short-term pain, but long-term gain. We as parents or leaders, we got to get those opportunities that sometimes it may be painful, Some, but if you keep the perspective of why, it all of a sudden makes that better. But if anything kicks in, like, you know, I, I care so much about what it looks like or I'm, I'm caring about short-term gain, a quick win. There's a game we should play all the time. It says, like, you know, all money isn't good money. All, all small wins, all wins aren't good wins. There are some good losses. And that is true. People that never got, no, there's great losses because if they can lose in a way where it teaches, there's enough pain that tears a left, that sharpens that nail where people realize I need to change. We've just gained significantly. Mm. So I'm taking notes on this. And uh, step number one is asking ourselves the question, what price am I willing to pay? And then we're working from the goal. And, you know, you talk about parenting and I think of um, our kids are grown, they're out of the house, but the entire time they were growing up, my wife and I said, we are working to raise amazing adults. There we go. That's it, Dale. Wow. And, and we had to, re- we were constantly reminding ourselves of that <laughs> in the moment. So as you explain that, I'm like, oh, that's why it was so hard. That's why it was so painful. And that's why we're reaping the benefits now. So. But you couldn't at the time because our desire to, not only when we say pleasing methods, man, we don't want our kids in pain. We don't want those we lead in pain. We don't want anybody because we don't necessarily value pain. And, and, and But the reality is pain's a great lesson. Sometimes it's the only lesson. So if I don't feel consequence, if I don't feel that it can get in the way. Now, not to make this too deep, uh, but they all may have shared this with you individually when you and I have just had time to uh, spend together. Um, when I was a speaker for 
um, <clears throat> you know, it's a big football organization, like, uh, you know, high school football, some of the top high school athletes, football players in the country, hands down. Right. And so we, I, I would be there. And so you got some of the top high school coaches there around the country, many college coaches would be there. And so as the speaker, I was, remember being asked a question about, uh, from a particular, uh, coach asking me, Eric, you know, the example, some of these professional athletes, these NFL ball players have for our young athletes is, is, is a problem. If they were a little bit better example, I think it'd be easier for these kids. You know, these kids will perform even better. Now keep in mind, these are some of the top athletes and from an academic standpoint, everything. And I heard what they said and they said, do you believe that's kind of the cause of the problem? These, these professional athletes. And I laughed. I said, absolutely not. I said, the problem's in this room. The problem is the coaches who are sending you players. And they were like, well, what do you mean? I said, see, there's some middle school coach somewhere who has some, who has a pretty good team, but he has a couple of athletes on his team who are complete, completely out of control. Their character's off. But that middle school coach wants to win that game so bad that instead of benching those kids, he's going to play them anyways. But see, what he's doing is not realizing that he's teaching them that talent will be fine. So guess what they do? They then move them up to the high school level. And then they run into a high school coach who wants to win that league championship so bad that nobody will care about by the next day. But in that moment, the character of the kids are not as important as winning that game. So instead of that kid having to suffer the consequences of not going to class or not doing that, no, you go and talk to their teacher. You go and find ways that you can find a way to get around it. And all of a sudden, that same kid is now in college. Well, he's so talented that he's not only in college, he rarely goes to class because he doesn't have to. He knows what's coming. Now he's to the NFL. Now you believe, once he's in the NFL with more money, time, attention, fanfare, that there's anything in him that's been equipped, I know we want to talk about. He should have got this at home. He should got. I hear all that, but I'm telling you right now, one of the most, one of the most, uh, uh, one of the sharpest nails you could ever find in a young athlete's life is the bench is not playing, and so many coaches won't do that because they put short term gain over long term pain. Because the long term pain will be somebody else's problem, not their own. Now that's a huge kind of thing, but. When I tell people that, I said, hey, I need you to bring that down to your real life. Where are there op- where are things right now going that you can allow either yourself, but more importantly, some people you influence, to feel a little bit more weight of their decisions, to feel a little bit more the pain, the consequence of something, then coach them back, make sure they've learned, and then long-term, we're going to all benefit because of that lesson that you allow to play out. We just stop so many of the lessons by trying to bail people out or bail our teams out or bring it, because we're so concerned with the short-term, when it's really the long-term, we will gain if we allow that pain to exist. And then another perspective on that is that we live in a culture that so highly values convenience and comfort. I mean, we can, yeah, even if I can't set the exact temperature I want in my car, then, well, I'd better update my car. (laughs) So I'm not happy just being able to move the slider from blue to red, you know, it's that level of everything about our lives is directed to how can I make myself more comfortable? How can I make life easier, remove all the friction and, um, you know, 
keeps coming back to parenting, but it was a question that my wife and I asked, how can we introduce some pain and discomfort in our kids' lives to make them more resilient? And I think we had to look at the culture to, to say, how can I introduce some pain into my life to give me yeah. some resilience for the long term? Yeah, yeah. I actually wrote about this. This is a gentleman named Marcus. I wrote about it in the, in in my book in uh, Moving to Great. Now, remember Marcus? He was from Somalia. Marcus was his American name. And when I met him, he was a managing director with you know Fortune. Actually, they're a Fortune 100 company. Um, uh, but he was a managing director from from Somalia. He, he hears my whole conversation around potential and all these other things. And he, he comes up to me and he asks, he says, Eric, and he told me his story. He was a child soldier. Like if you've ever seen the movie uh, Blood Diamond. So he, he went through all that. And he told me a story which was phenomenal. His wife's story similar. And the success he's been able to have going through everything he's gone through. But I never forget what he said next. He says, Eric, I'm concerned about my kids. And I looked at him and I said, man, why are you concerned about your kids? What you've been able to accomplish, your wife has been able to accomplish, it's going to be so much easier for your kids. He started laughing. He goes, that's the problem. Easier is just easier. Easier is not better. I am trying to figure out, wife and I trying to figure out, what are the obstacles? What are the challenges? What is the pain? What is the problems? My kids will have to overcome to bring out their potential bring out the best in them. And it was such a aha moment for me. Now we, we know of that, you know, conceptually, right. But I never viewed that balance between me wanting to create an environment easier for my daughters and, and confusing easier to mean better. No, it's just easier. And I've yet to see that. We said before the easier, you know, it's, it's, um, uh, it's that expedience factor, right? We we path of least resistance. That is a bad practice. This is why it's important for kids and for ourselves sometimes to practice doing hard things. Like get in the sometimes just do hard things. Like just a little include stuff that's uncomfortable, inconvenient. You know, I know it sounds crazy, but you know sometimes make the shower freezing cold and just climb in it, right? Like just to shock yourself to doing things that are uncomfortable. We have gotten away from being comfortable doing uncomfortable things. And I remind leaders often, I said, I know we're talking about business, but if you can practice being more and more uncomfortable personally and privately, it helps facilitate you having that type more so of a mindset professionally because it's because the long-term goals that you're going after discomfort's going to come along with it. There's no way you get it there. Still stuck in your comfort zone. There's no way. So, yeah. And it's in, I would call it insidious in that mm. we don't even realize what yep. we're doing to ourselves right. in this constant pursuit of comfort and convenience. Yep. Yep. I live it, man. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about it from a place of, Ooh, I've mastered it or I've gotten it. it. You know, I'm, I'm speaking from a place of being convicted because of it, right? Like I, I've gotten way too comfortable, like, you know, and could things stay the same way. They keep flowing, but I got to get disrupted. And then sometimes that's how we discover we're alive, man. When's the last time you felt alive? Usually when's the last time you were scared? I ask people that time. When's the last time you had butterflies in your stomach? When's the last time you've done something for the first time? You know, what's something you need to do right now? What's a difficult conversation, but it's necessary. It's going to be painful, but the gain we're going to get from it is priceless. 
just go through it. Don't avoid it. What price am I willing to pay? Work from the goal. Disrupt ourselves. Yeah, that's it. Three, three steps. Anything else we should be doing in this area of embracing the short-term pain for the long-term gain? Just understand that, again, we are creatures of habit. We are not creatures of discipline. But we use discipline to create the habits. So the period of time we have to use discipline isn't as long as what people think. We just got to be willing to do it. And to be able to go through it, you know, and since we're not creatures of of discipline, there's a good chance there's some things you're going to start and then stop. Okay, welcome to the crowd. Get up again. Right? Right? Don't spend all your time sitting there going, oh, I started. I can't believe I quit. No, you didn't. Just get going. Get right back up again and get going. You're going to have to lean into it. And because at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's the reps we go through to get to the other side. And once you get to the other side, I mean, now that habit's established and it's so valuable. And so that would be my last encouragement. Just as you're going through the discipline process, just realize you're going to have stops and starts, but get up again. Mm, great word. Thank you for that. Eric Bowles coaches, trains, and inspires leaders to unleash their potential and the potential of those around them. You just heard it. You can find more about Eric at thegamechangersinc.com. And uh, you can also find Eric and myself on LinkedIn. We'd love to connect with you on this. Thank you so much for spending this time with us on the podcast. If it helped you, would you give it a rating and hopefully write a review? Say something nice about it. That helps it show up higher in uh, search results. I did check, Eric. Um, we're in the top 3% of podcasts now hey, uh, in the blessing. world. So that's yeah, millions and millions. Um, yeah. and we're not as high as we could be if we would have some folks go out and share this podcast. So um, content is fantastic. Uh, thanks to Eric. And you got an opportunity to share this with some people and, um, you know, help spread the pain. That's right. <laughs> Appreciate you, my brother. Appreciate you. You too. Uh, so rate, review, and make sure you are subscribed to this podcast for the latest. Have a fantastic week. The Game Changers, unleashing your best in life and work with Eric Bowles and Dale Dixon. Eric is an executive coach, leadership expert, change consultant, and keynote speaker. Read his book, Moving to Great, and find him at ericbowles.com. Connect with Dale at daledixonmedia.com. Thank you.